0: The coronavirus has had a previously unimaginable impact on our economy and the incomes of many Canadians. Many people find that their income is either uncertain, has been dramatically reduced, or is gone altogether. What happens to child and spousal support when the support payer has these financial concerns during the COVID-19 crisis is the subject of this episode of the Ontario Family Law Podcast. I'm John Schumann, a Certified Specialist in Family Law in Ontario. I'm also a mediator, arbitrator and collaborative lawyer. This podcast is a companion to my book, Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law, which is available as an ebook or as a paperback. In previous episodes, I went over how child support works and how spousal support works. Follow the links for those episodes. Since then, it seems like everything may have changed. COVID-19 has put many people out of work, reduced the incomes of many others, completely shut down some businesses, and left the owners with no money at all. Uh-oh. What does that mean for child support and spousal support obligations? In the short run, probably very little. In the long run, perhaps a lot. The government has not enacted any new laws to change support obligations as a result of the coronavirus. Unless the support payer and the support recipient agree to something different, support continues as set out in the last court order separation agreement. The children or spouse who are dependent on that support remain dependent on that support. However, many support payers feel that the children or their ex cannot have the financial security that they themselves do not have, especially when there is no money left. Uh In ordinary situations, if support payer's income dropped and the recipient did not agree to change support, the payer could go to court and ask for a change. (coughs) But now the courts are essentially closed, and for many of them, the cases about the best interests of children have to take priority over all financial matters. (coughs) Almost all of the reported family law cases since the coronavirus started have been looking after the best interests of children. As of April 6, 2020, the Superior Court of Justice will try to hear more cases after having increased its capacity to deal with cases electronically. But only the Superior Court of Justice for the City of Toronto will start hearing contested support motions without a judge first assessing whether the cases are so dire that urgent relief is necessary. For most of the province, the court will only make new support orders where the situation faced by at least one party is truly Uh catastrophic or where the parties have agreed to the order. With that said, for support payers who are having their support deducted directly from their pay, a reduction in pay may mean a reduction in how much money the payroll department sends to the Family Responsibility Office. The FRO can only get half of a support payer's pay, so when pay goes down, the FRO will never get more than half. Oh. Similarly, if a support payer is suddenly on unemployment insurance, the FRO will still collect support from those payments, but the amount it can take may be much less. That can mean a reduction in the amount of support collected and a reduction in the amount of support that is paid out. It does not mean a reduction in the amount of support owed, however. Arrears of support will accumulate under the last support order unless the parties agree or a court expunges those arrears later. Also, like many other workplaces, the FRO has been affected by COVID-19. Their operations have been disrupted. The FRO also recognizes that it cannot strain the court system by using it to take aggressive support enforcement steps (coughs) so it will not be going after unpaid support as enthusiastic as it usually does. Again, that does not mean that the amount of support owing has changed, just that it's not being collected now. It will be collected later unless there is a new court order or separation agreement to change that. In the short term, support payers should be continuing to do their best to abide by the support obligations. Their failure to do so may result in more enforcement measures or a court case later. With that said, When the courts start to reopen and support enforcement becomes likely again, there will be lots of court cases about whether support should be reduced because that support payer's income has gone down. There is a previous episode about how to change a support order or agreement. Child support is supposed to change with the payer's income. Spousal support may change depending on the terms of the order or the agreement. Support can change when the payer's income changes. It looks like many people will see their income go down in 2020. How much and for how long will be a consideration for a judge? A short blip may not justify changing support. Something more could justify changing support. With that in mind, an issue will be how quickly judges will jump in to change support. They will not want to reduce support if it is just going to go up again shortly. Although they might consider reducing arrears accumulated if COVID-19 was the cause of the mispayments. How quickly support can change will be another issue. Many people adjust support, especially child support, when their tax returns are ready for the previous year, because that is when there is a clear picture of what their income was. In those cases, support is based on the income from the year before. Support payers whose income went down in 2020, may see their support payments go down in 2021, Ah. and then adjust it again in 2022, depending on how 2021 works out. Uh But the child support guidelines encourage the use of the most recent income information. It is not necessary to wait for the T4s to come out next year to adjust income, particularly where the support payers in financial hardship. But doing so will require convincing either the ex or the judge that the change in income is permanent and is going to go past the end of COVID-19. Then it will require establishing what the new income is. So it may be better to be patient to let that become clear before running to court and using up the court's time and a lot of legal fees. On the other hand, judges do not like it when support payers unilaterally impose a change in support. <coughs> and one of the things that the payer must do to get an order stopping the FRO from taking a license is to start court proceedings to change support. So it may be good to wait before running off the court, but not too long. However, when a judge does change support, the law says that support can be changed retroactively. That means the judge can order the return of an overpayment of support or more likely a credit against future support that can result in a support holiday going forward. Ah. The judge can order a retroactive adjustment of support back to the date that one party can prove that he or she put the other party on notice that a change of support was required. (coughs) So if your income has gone down, now is the time to send that email telling your ex that and asking to change support. Even if your ex says no, if your circumstances have changed, the judge may fix that later. If your ex does agree to change support, as of April 6, the courts will be making new support orders when both parties agree. That can change the amount the FRO collects, even if it is only temporarily. Oh. If you are not getting your full support payments, now is not the time to be going off to the FRO to get drastic support enforcement measures. The order will stay as it is, and the arrears will continue to accrue. When this is over, the FRO will take enforcement steps. And if your ex is just using COVID-19 as an excuse to not pay support, then you will have the opportunity to explain that to a judge later, when everything, including your support, should have returned to normal. (coughs) Of course, you don't actually have to wait for the courts to reopen to resolve support or other family law matters. In a previous episode, I explained how separated parents and spouses can use arbitration and family mediation to replace the courts while they are closed and even when they are not. Oh. If you are having support problems, it is really a good time for you to get in touch with a lawyer who can give you some advice based on the specifics of your situation. Even during the coronavirus crisis, it is possible that a lawyer can contact your ex's lawyer and they can work something out. Why don't you have your lawyer call my lawyer? They can give you advice about your options and how to get the result that is best for you. If you need some more general family law guidance or you need to understand Ontario family law matters better so you can make better decisions, or if you need to better understand how child support or spousal support works. Or if you need some tips on how to best make the difficult types of decisions that you currently are facing, get a copy of my book, Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law. You can access it immediately at the iBookstore, on Amazon, for the Kindle version, or you can download it for Kobo. Amazon can deliver the paperback version directly to your doorstep. You can also get a lot more Ontario Family Law information on www.humanlaw.ca. Not only there are hundreds of pages of family law information and links but there are links to where to get my book and links to reach my office to meet with either me or one of my colleagues. Because it is always better to get a lawyer who can give you expert advice that is specific to your situation. In addition to my website, keep up to date on family law and children's law issues by liking my Facebook page, following me on Twitter at at and finding me on LinkedIn. Of course, please also subscribe to my YouTube channel and get the audio versions of the Ontario Family Law Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud or at www.schumanlaw.ca. Thanks for participating in this podcast. Stay safe, and we will get together again soon.